Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the 2019 NBA draft and a disappointing end to the Syracuse lacrosse season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today's NBA scouting consultant, Ryan Blake. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing, doing really well. How are you doing? Ryan, I'm doing great because we're getting closer to one of my favorite times of the year, which is the NBA draft. The class of 2019 has gone through the G League Elite Camp and the NBA Combine later this week in Chicago. You're there scouting, and there's two guys I wanted to talk to you about, Syracuse guard Tyus Battle and forward O'Shea Brissett. And let's start with Tyus Battle. What did you like about his game from what you saw at the Elite Camp? Well, I think he's a go-to type of guy. You know, He wants to score. He wants to make things happen. He's got a lot of energy. Um, he's a solid athlete, good score off the dribble. Uh, he's got a fairly good mid-range um, jumper, um, adequate playmaker, uh, and he's got good size to you know to play on the perimeter. Um, you know, those are qualities that NBA scout decision makers will look at. Um, but there are some cons. You know, there's questions that you, I think, a lot of teams will add or inquire about a player and, and it doesn't matter how good a player you are you're always going to have things that you need to improve on you need to improve your strengths but you also need to improve uh, your weaknesses or what what I'd like to say or the coach would like to say is concerns so let's talk about those concerns right now. One of the things that most Syracuse fans were concerned about was his outside shooting. You mentioned his good mid-range shooting, but take a few steps back to the NBA three-point line and he struggles. How did he address that in some of the workouts that you saw? Well, and, and I think that's still a question. I mean, you're, you're going to, with that size, and there's a lot of pros with that size and his skill set but that are snipers, you know, guys that can really shoot the ball, that don't struggle, that have confidence. Um, to really nail the, the three-pointer. Uh, and I think that's something that he's going to have to, you know, improve a lot on. Um, I think he's going to have to improve 
or at least prove that he can uh, play man-to-man defense uh, consistently. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot, uh, I think, um, you know, when I say consistently, there's times that there's, you know, whether there's an icing situation, high pick and roll, low uh, transition, those things that, um, you know, that has to be a focus in on. And a lot of times go-to type of players, uh, they have to, they, they tend to ignore that. Uh, and you're not, in the NBA, you're not going to see the hardwood floor if you don't play defense. You're not going to be uh, oh, your first, second, third, or fourth option making this league. Ryan, one of the knocks on Syracuse players is that they sit back in zone and they're not able to showcase their one-on-one defensive abilities in college. You got a chance to see him in several workouts. How did he look in man-to-man? Yeah, it, uh, listen, he had a lot of energy. Um, we have a lot of good players at this draft-eligible elite camp here. Um, he did well at times, and he got beaten off the dribble at times. Uh, I think his first two games you know, it was just marginal for him. He didn't do anything that separated himself from others or uh, first-round draft picks or even second-round draft picks. I think in his first game, uh, he had 7.3 rebounds, one assist, one turnover. Didn't really, um, you know, open up eyes any wider, uh, I would say. Um, so I think, you know, with his decision process, he's going he's gonna to have to make a decision whether he's, he's all the way in or all the way out. Ryan, last question for you on Tyus Battle. What position does he project at at the next level? Yeah, he's gonna. I think he's gonna have to be. Well, I mean, a perimeter position. We've got you know nine to uh, nineteen different positions, so we don't just have definitive five. So he's gonna be a wing. He's gonna be a guard forward. Uh, can he play a couple of those positions? Yes. If he, he if he has the if he shows that he has the length and defensive ability to stay in front of these two guards uh, and has the length to, to defend three, then he, you know he he has. He can play both positions. Ryan, I want to ask you about Syracuse's second guy who's going through the NBA draft process, O'Shea Brissett. What are some of the things that you saw from him during his workout that you really liked? You ready for this? He shot the ball great. He really shot the ball great. Yeah, I know, right? So, you know, so it doesn't matter. Everybody that comes out to the combine or the elite camp, centers, point guards, of course, they have to go and be tracked their shooting. Um, started. So I was just sitting there watching him, and he was just fluid. He just had touch, and then he, he was really out there working it um, hard. So, I mean, I haven't got the results of his, his, uh, the number, but when he was going around the board on the first day, which was yesterday, I mean, he was shooting like that, but he really showed touch and balance and so forth. Now, let's switch gears a little bit. The first game, he played pretty well. Shot the ball well from outside. It was two from five from deep, but uh, he had good looks. What well, he's going to have to make sure he gets better. You know, when no one's guarding you, when you show you got good touch, now you've got to find and continue that confidence. Well, yeah, I really do. I have good touch. I can shoot it. But can you shoot it under pressure? Can you get that release off quicker? Can you do it against uh, bigger, stronger, faster guys? And that's going to be the question. Now, there's still. You know, concerns about his game, but uh, that you know, that's the thing that will go okay. Whether it's this year, next year, or in the future, um, let's see how that is proven consistently. You know, for 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 future evaluations, let's say.
Ryan, let's talk about that now. I'm surprised but happy to hear that he shot the ball well, but another weakness was his ability to finish inside against ACC competition. I imagine it would be even harder for him to finish against NBA-level competition. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's going to have to improve on on both ends of the floor, um, skill level offensively. Uh, he hasn't shot the ball well. But, you know, by, by getting into this camp, what what is what's a great thing because as everybody can see even just reading a stat line he can't shoot. Uh, if he's not a second round or undraft if he's an undraftable player, go back. I mean if if we're gonna have a good camp here, which you know he played decent in the second game, but uh, you know he didn't he didn't shoot it well, but he didn't get a lot of touches. But he played well defensively, had a couple blocks, uh, rebounds. Um, a lot of good players in this camp, but he's going to have to show and prove, again, consistently that he can do these things. And when you do that, then you know when it's the right time. Because you don't, you don't want to try to go and play professionally when you're not you know, confident, when you're not playing the best game, when you're not ready. Because you don't open as many doors. Get the knowledge, get the reps get the confidence back, and then, you know, when it's time to go, you go. Ryan, we'll get you out of here on this one. You've been scouting NBA talent level for more than 30 years now. If you were to advise O'Shea Brissett on whether he should declare for the NBA draft or return to school, what would you tell him? Absolutely, absolutely go back to school. Uh, but that's not my decision, you know. Uh, my decision, like, I, it's, it's a personal choice. Um, and whatever reasons that you may have that you want to go, but, I mean, listen, you've opened up some eyes. You're not, he's not ready. He most likely won't get drafted. Um, so you limit opportunities to make an NBA team or uh, even the G League. I mean, there's so many good players out there in the G League. The G League camp was right before this one. There's just a lot of good players. And, again, these players don't stop developing once they leave college or even – playing a year in the G League. They just keep getting better and better. So the competition uh, is, is, uh, is bigger. You know, you, you, I'm a percentage guy. So when, if you have a chance to get drafted in the first round, that's when you want to do it because that's when you have a guaranteed contract. Once you get in the second round, those percentages of you making a team drop tremendously. So you want to do everything that you can to invest in your game and to give yourself the best opportunity to make the league. Ryan, thank you so much for coming back on the program again. Ryan Blake doing a great job of breaking down all the NBA prospects at the Combines. Thanks so much for coming back on the program. Enjoy the NBA draft. We'll talk with you soon. All right. Thank you very much. All the best. Great stuff from our friend Ryan Blake. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse lacrosse was knocked out of the first round of the 2019 NCAA tournament, 15-13 to in a road game against Loyola. You were there covering the game. What are your general thoughts on the game and why the Orange lost? Well, this was uh, a tough one because they had to play it on the road, and you can really trace that all the way back to the Colgate opener and then really cemented losing the ACC tournament game in North Carolina. Just too many defeats for Syracuse to host a home game. Then you're going to draw a tough team like Loyola at home and for a great class of senior players that the Greyhounds had playing their final game on their home field 
They have a great fan base, uh, a very talented team. It puts Syracuse in a very tough situation. And this game comes down to face-offs, to possession, uh, shots on goals, good hot goaltending. And Syracuse had that for three quarters of the year uh, and kind of at three quarters of this game, kind of symbolic of the season and didn't have it in the fourth quarter and didn't have it down the stretch in May uh, for this season as well. And that's kind of what happened is Loyola stormed back, uh, led by a player of the year candidate that, that Syracuse, quite frankly, doesn't have a caliber of that player. And that's the other thing that stood out this year when I was looking at the All-American teams, Wes, uh, selected by media to cover lacrosse around the country for Syracuse players, um, Nick Mellon, Brendan Curry, and then other midfielders, Brett Kennedy and Peter Durth. So, three midfielders and a defenseman. Uh, they're the only four players recognized by the media on first three teams or honorable mention. So what's glaring there? No attackmen. And Syracuse's great strength in years past, national championship seasons, having you know, usually a first-team All-American type attackman, and certainly that was missing this year. Enough offensive firepower to give the defense, if played great all season, that much more flexibility, latitude, and a margin for error in games. Brad, I think the initial fan reaction after an early postseason exit like this is to question the program and specifically question the coaching staff. John Desco has been around since the 90s. He's won NCAA championships, though none recently. Is it justified for some fans to be calling for a coaching change? I can certainly see the justification in the day and age we live in with social media, instant reaction. Anybody can you know, reveal thoughts instantly and Sports is emotional, and, and there was a great Syracuse contingent on hand at Loyola, and watching that crowd as that lead evaporated in the fourth quarter was really interesting, and hearing the feedback coming out of the stands. It's certainly justifiable, but at the same time, you have to be realistic. Now, John Desco has been around 21 years. Uh, he's won five championships. He hasn't been back to the Final Four now in a decade. Syracuse hasn't advanced beyond the quarterfinals now in six years, so all of those points make it justifiable. The flip side of that is who, where are you going to go for a replacement? What direction are you going to go? People are saying, let's find a younger version, a Syracuse grad, somebody coaching right now like John Galloway at Jacksonville. I, I simply don't think it's that easy. And uh, there, there are just so many more factors involved. What, what I think kind of may be the solution here, when you look at, at, at Desco and his staff, they've been together for a long time. There are men in their 50s and and, and early 60s. So is there a generational issue? Should they infuse the staff with a younger uh, assistant coach that can be perhaps more relatable to players that they're recruiting? I think those are kind of questions that should be looked at. But I certainly think John Desco's legacy, what he's done with the program, he's earned another opportunity under John Wildback to turn this around. He's got a great recruiting class coming in. Next year's schedule likely to be tough, and it's going to be an unusual year. I think they're going to get slack to the program next year, playing a lot of games outdoors, uh, playing Albany on the road, uh, North Carolina and Notre Dame, likely at Cicero North Syracuse High School. Uh, so it's Hopkins on the road, Cornell on the road. They still have to decide how they're going to finish the Electors Navy Series that came to an end, or they're going to replace those teams. So, a lot of questions, and, and I certainly don't think it's really the time to make a change with so much fluidity in the program with these logistical issues with the carrier zone. So I can see both sides of it, 
But going into 2020, certainly John Desco is going to be the head coach. Whether there's a change to the staff, that remains to be seen. Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, there's still some good news with lacrosse in Syracuse West. The women's team with a quarterfinal game in Northwestern this weekend. And if there's anyone I'd like to see win a national championship, that's Gary Gate. For all he has done for the sport of lacrosse on the men's side, on the women's side, the longtime assistant at Maryland before he took off over the Syracuse program, I'd certainly love to see Gary Gate win a national championship at Syracuse fulfill the dream he set out to do when Daryl Gross hired him back in the early 2000s. And good luck to the Orange as they play at Northwestern for the women's lacrosse NCAA tournament quarterfinals this weekend. Brad, my closing thoughts are on former Syracuse running back Dante Strickland, who skipped the graduation ceremony this weekend at Syracuse to try out for a roster spot with the Arizona Cardinals. And it was worth it because Strickland signed a contract with the club to be part of their 90-man roster with a chance to make the team this fall. Congratulations. Best of luck to him. That's it for us today. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that I got a private jet. It's very small. I guess you could say it's a toy jet, but it's private. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast part of the SNY.TV Audio Network.